Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Matt. I'm Jimmy. We are two average guys. Glad to be back. It's been a few weeks. Missed everybody. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about college football playoff today. Um, we'll also talk about the Big Ten Bulls, what we have coming up. Um, and then we'll also hit on 2019 season for the Huskers. There's a lot of things going on right now. Um in the off season that I think we need to look forward to as far as what the Huskers are going to be able to do in 2019. So, um, I know I'm pretty psyched about it. Um, absolutely. So um, yeah, I guess we'll we were going to, yeah, we were planning on doing one oh, a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was mm-hmm. talk about, uh, the signing day, but, uh, things kind of fell through. So we're here today. We're here today. So, um, so Jim, what, what were your thoughts about, let's talk about the college football playoff first and what happened, okay. what we saw yesterday, uh, then we'll go into the Big Ten Bowls, but uh, what did you see yesterday in the college football playoff? What stood out the most to you? I would say that the thing that stood out most is Alabama and Clemson are, I would say, in kind of a class of their own. Um, yeah. That's about the only thing... That was a little bit discouraging. Yes, I know Oklahoma did come back. Um, but both teams, just talent-wise, they look better. Um, yeah. Coaching-wise, they look better. And it's the fourth year in a row they're going to play in the in the playoffs. Not in the championship, but yeah. fourth year in a row they're going to play each other in the playoffs. It, it is. And I think, I don't know, for me, so I, I did, I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch a ton of it. Um, just busy um we yes we did get scott frost getting recognized in the orange bowl hall of fame that was which was that I was, was gonna bring, that, that was, was gonna bring says, yeah, that was the highlight which is uh, pretty cool yeah that was probably the um, best thing i saw yesterday but you know i i didn't get to watch a ton i had uh dad's family christmas so i didn't get to see a ton of uh, the notre dame game i had so you see the first half and what stood out to me most there was um notre dame's offensive play calling you know a lot of people think that Notre Dame didn't deserve, didn't deserve to be there. Didn't think they were one of the top four. I mean, you can argue argue that till you're blue in the face, but you're not going to get anywhere with that argument because right. they do typically play a really tough USC, a really tough Stanford team, and they played Michigan first game of the year. Which you know, yeah, they had two losses at the end of the season, but Michigan was good all year. And they first game, right. It is what it is. And they beat them with a backup quarterback. Yeah. So in that first game. So I think that. You know, you can argue that they weren't one of the best, but guess what? They were twelve and zero. Of course, no conference championship, which we talked about I, before. I did see a lot of posts yesterday about maybe if you played a conference in a conference and <laughs> yeah. you, you know you were playing a conference opponent every week, then you know maybe you can say whatever you want. Yeah, um, they were twelve and zero. They deserve to be there. Um, yeah, and I, I think, and who knows? I mean, this is not the first time they've been blown out in the playoff. Um, in the postseason, so I, I, you probably didn't see it, but they were saying how you know in the BCS and playoff era, they're zero and six in either playoff or BCS, yep. um, like New Year's Six type bowls. Um, and you know, Alabama blew them out in the championship. Yep. Um, they had a couple other blowout losses, and and you know they were saying before the game, you know that was kind of the talk is mm-hmm. they've had all these blowouts and these big games and. Players and Brian Kelly and players and coaches were saying, you know, this team's different, which I thought I, probably was. I still think they are. Um, I still think they are. You know what's not different, though? Brian Kelly. There's, yeah. There had to be something wrong with the game plan going in. Going in. Uh, they didn't have one of their top DBs, 
which hurt them. Well, he got hurt early. Yes, and so that hurt them big time because they got picked on. And then you got a safety that got hurt, and a, yep. the, one of their better uh, pass rushers on defense got hurt. So, so yeah. that, that didn't help. But I think the game management, Brian Kelly not making not making the play calls is one thing, but whoever was their offense coordinator, I mean, they called a, um, a wide receiver screen on a, th- on a third and nine. I mean, I just those are the kind of plays I don't get, and it wasn't to the outside either. It's to the inside, and they only had one other guy out there blocking. So you're just you're not going to have success running those kind of plays against a team like Clemson, who has a pretty good defense. So well, and I think their play calling was garbage they, the entire game. The Dexter Williams uh, between Ian Book and Dexter Williams, who have both been great this year for them, um, you know, I think. Clemson was getting to book a little bit more yeah. than they've probably than he's probably used to. So yeah. that was rattling him a little bit. Um, Dexter Williams, he usually has some type of long run. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any chance to do that, whether it was offensive line play or just how well Clemson's defense yeah. was and how quick he, they were. He yeah. was not able to break one outside because yeah. they weren't giving. Well, and they, they kind of gave up on the run game, which you know. And they did. Yeah, they were talking about that too. I'm not they, sure why they did that, and it's probably because it wasn't working, yeah. but. But you got you got to try you got to adjust, and I didn't see any adjustments from the Notre Dame offense and the play calling, and that's where it kind of reminded me of Nebraska. Sometimes under Bo Pelini um, yeah. and some other coaches we've had, exactly. where we're playing a tough opponent, where guess what, we're not supposed to win the game, and we come out with very conservative play calling where we don't have success, um, or you know the game might be close, and we're just going to play conservative. And I saw that in Notre Dame. They just played a little more laid back and conservative rather than trying to be aggressive and, and make some of those plays that they've made during the year. And I still I still think they're a top team. I they just did not they show up. I would agree with that. Um, what what kinda hurt them early on was a couple things didn't go their way. They had a couple unfortunate breaks. They did. You know, they kick a field goal, tie the game, uh, kick off. The guy, for whatever reason, doesn't just fair catch it, and mm-hmm. he decides to run it out and gets to the 10-yard line, and he fumbles it. Well, yep. he goes to grab it. Obviously, he had his hand on the ball, and the ball, what, however it was. Yeah. Uh, they, Notre Dame recovers it. Looks like they're going to have the ball and go in and score. They review it, and obviously, uh, <laughs> it went back to Clemson. Yeah. And... They didn't really have much of a chance after that. No, and, and that was that was a tough call because to me you couldn't really tell if the ball was on the wide or not. And I think you gotta stick with your call there. Like you could say eh, it was maybe there, maybe not, but when there's any of that questions, you, you can't overturn it and that really hurt them. But they didn't take advantage of a poor punt by Clemson that put them in the forty nine the their own for, um, Clemson's, like Clemson's forty eight yard yeah. line. They didn't take advantage of that and they go three and out. And those those yeah. are the kind of things that are gonna hurt any team. But to me, here's what happened. Clemson, they're they're the better team. Right. I don't care who they were gonna play yesterday, they would have won. Doesn't well, matter. And I text you when they came out with the you know the semifinals, and I said I think Clemson's gonna win the whole thing. Yep. Um, I still, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still not sure. I guess. But uh, like I said, Notre Dame just had a couple unfortunate breaks. They had a, a bad, uh, dumb. Uh, roughing the passer yep. penalty that led to right at the end of the half. Right at the end of the half, yep. that led you know it was a great one-handed catch with two seconds left, but you know it gave them 15 more yards to get them close. Yeah. Um. So 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and so that, I mean, that was really how that first game ended up yesterday. A couple comments here. So, uh, Kevin, uh, yeah, absolutely. Go Cowboys. Not only did they clinch the division last week, but they ended up beating the Giants today. I Go always love to see Eli and the Giants lose. So. 10-6 on the season. But how about, uh, you know, our Big Ten, uh, Penn State, Saquon Barkley having a hell of a year. Yep. Eclipsed 2,000 yards rushing today. Um, really 80, at it. 89 yard or 89 receive. I think he got, nine, he got 91, 90 or 91. He broke so, it at yep, 89. Uh, broke the rookie record almost got into the top five i think for receptions by um uh, by a first year player um or what was it i don't know i think just by i haven't yeah paid too much attention either way there. i mean he had a hell of, hell of a game and a hell of a year so congrats to him but uh my cowboys won i'm pretty excited about it so uh, you might want to watch your back next year because if the giants take a quarterback pretty mm-hmm. early which they could maybe dwayne haskins yeah you get haskins and barkley yeah, could be tough. Potentially, yes. Um, so Ross mentioned TCU and Cal might have been the most poor excuse for a football game oh, I've man, ever it was seen. Brutal. And so McKenna says they they have good D zero QBs. And that's the problem. I mean, you have only defense, no offense, and that actually that TCU win for Ohio State early in the season when they were ranked 16, that was like a huge win for Ohio State. Well, at the time, the rest of the season didn't really go so well for TCU. Yeah. And that game was was pretty brutal. There's been a couple of really brutal games. I mean, the Army beatdown was very exciting. That was I liked that. Holy cow. Um, Wisconsin won pretty well for the Big Ten. Per- and then Mark Rick retired today. Mark Rick retired from Miami. Um, and Miami's not an easy school to be at either. They're kind of like a Texas or a Florida where they expect – they expect the nineties from Miami, the eighties and the nineties, and um, it's just it's it's hard. Um, so yeah, Mark Rick retired. Um, Apple White got fired today um, from Houston, uh, Utah. Yeah, I don't know. Major Apple White, where was he? Was it Utah? Either way, I'll have to look it up. I haven't. Uh, Purdue I've been kind of busy today. So. Purdue got slapped around a little bit. Jesus, Holy they got their butts moly. kicked, man. I was not. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Well, anyway, we'll get into bowl games. Let's finish <laughs> up with the playoff games. Um, so the other, the other game that we had yesterday was Alabama and uh, in Oklahoma. So you know, I said early on, I said last week, I talked about it before. I think I thought Oklahoma was going to be one of the best matchups for Alabama in the playoff in that scenario because of they have a good offense. Um, yeah, their defense might be a little shoddy, um, but. I think they would have been able to be able to match up with points with Alabama. Like we've talked about before, even the kind of style that Nebraska's trying to go with is more of like score as many points as you can, um, try to get some stops or some turnovers. I feel like that's kind of how Oklahoma is right now. Uh, That's not really Oklahoma's style Mm. uh, of the past, so maybe they'll be looking for a new D coordinator or something. Potentially. um, Yeah, unfortunately for them – Murray and the offense couldn't get going off the bat, and they gave up 28 points. Yeah, I mean, it was 21 nothing after the first quarter. Their first play from a scrimmage was 50 yards. Yeah. And I think that's tough to come back from when you when you get beat down early and you ha- you're not used to that. When you're used to coming out early and scoring and playing well offensively and then you can't get anything going offensively, that just – you're like, what the hell do we do now? Well, and if you look back at some of their games, they went to overtime with Army. Mm-hmm. Um but I and, and, that, and their defense for that army had a hell of a year. Well, true. They, this is one of the best years they've had. What, what I mean is, but I get it. They were giving up a lot of points, but they were having to score a lot of points too. Yeah. Uh, three point win over West Virginia. Three point win over Oklahoma State. 
um, pretty much every week it was a 52-49 type of game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you get down 28 to nothing, I mean. You're not going to come back. And actually, they did kind of come back. Yeah. Um, well, I told you, down 18, they're not going to. At that point, when we were texting, it was an 18-point lead. I said, they're not going to come back from an 18-point deficit. I knew they wouldn't. Right. And it, it came back within 11, but never got closer than 11. And they kept pulling back to 18, back to 18, back to 18. I just, I didn't see it, it changing got from to that. to a point where pretty much once Alabama went up 28 nothing, Oklahoma was not going to be able to take a lead and then outscore them. Oh, absolutely. So. Yep, I agree. Um, Kyler Murray's incredible, though. He, he still uh, had a hell of a game. He really did. He is so fast. I would kind of like to see him try, uh, you know, there's been, there's a lot of talk this week about him. You know, with uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon coming back yep. for his senior year. Yep. You know that Dwayne Haskins and yep. you know maybe Kyler Murray. I know he's. I know he's. He won't come back. Baseball. He's not going to come back for his senior year though. His he's only not. other option is to go pro. And right. the re- and the reason why is because of his baseball draft. If he if he comes back to Oklahoma, his baseball contract's screwed. Right. Yeah, that's just unfortunate for him. But so he's going to go one or the other. To me, if you. If you're going to choose, ba- and I'm a huge baseball fan, if you're going to choose baseball or football, to me you choose baseball because, and a lot of people mention this, the longevity of the sport. You can play for a long time. He's a center fielder. He's not a pitcher. So the right. chance of a uh, of an injury such as Tommy John uh, or bad knees or anything like that or a bad shoulder are going to be less. He can, play for, lo- he can play for a long time. Knee. Yep. So the only I just, thing I have heard is, you know, if he doesn't pan out in baseball, yeah. because there's a lot of baseball prospects, yep. a lot of turnover. Yeah, he'll start off in double If he play. does play, you know, try to go NFL, and he ends up being pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, like Baker Mayfield has been this year, yeah. he could eventually sign a, a pretty max contract. He could. He could. So, but he could also do that in baseball. So, Yeah, you, you just never really know. I, I think he'll go baseball. Um, I mean, I, I just... I I would if I was him, but um, you know a lot of people last night on Twitter were dogging um, <laughs> dogging on Murray, saying, "Oh, Heisman winner this, Heisman winner that." You know I think that just needs to stop because guess what? He had a hell of a good year. He's a hell of a good player. He yeah. does, he he won and, the Heisman. And you know what? Look at the team that Tua had around him. That you know uh, Oklahoma's offense was good, yeah. but their defense wasn't. So Murray pretty much had to win them games. He was Tua didn't he. He's good. Don't he, get he, me didn't, wrong. he didn't play a fourth quarter, but, so they played yeah, Georgia. He, he didn't have to. Yeah, and there was play, no, there was nobody that he, carried he didn't have the to team. Play his best. He could yeah. play average every game. And yeah. still he, win. he carried every game, and um, I think he was well deserving of where Oklahoma was in the playoff. I think they deserved to be there, and I also think he was deserving of the Heisman. Agreed. Now he's the best player in the game. Last thing we'll talk about with the playoff. I think the. The narrative that Georgia deserved to be there, or they were the one of the top four teams, I, I I'm going to completely disagree with you. And we've talked. About, I think we talked about it once before, maybe maybe not, but uh, it might have been before um, it was after the rankings came out. But probably I Georgia, you lost to LSU by, by three by by three plus touchdowns, and then you lost to Bama in the SEC championship. All you had to do was beat them. And I don't care if you stay close with them. If you were leading for a lot of the game until they brought in their backup quarterback. You know the movie Fast and the Furious. doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Yep. Winning's winning. And guess what? You didn't win. You didn't beat them in the in 2018 yet. You've lost to them twice. You didn't lose a lot of guys. You had a lot of guys come back. You still had the same quarterback, and you still right. couldn't beat them. And guess what? You lost to the backup quarterback two years in, or two times in a row. It would have been a different story if yeah. they didn't lose to LSU earlier in the year. And guess what? Tua was healthy for this game. <laughs> he was 100%. He was 100% the last game. So I still don't think Georgia would have won the game. 
And I don't think I think the narrative of could have, would have, should have. We obviously we do it. Hey, if we would have done this or we could have done that, we should have done this. We would have won the game. Those those narratives stop in the college football playoff because the matter of the fact is you didn't. So you could have, should have, would have, but you didn't. So you don't deserve to be there, and you didn't earn your spot. You might think you're one of the top four teams in the country, but you didn't prove that on the field. You can say Notre Dame wasn't a top four. You can say Oklahoma wasn't a top four. You can look at the results of the games, but guess what? They proved themselves throughout the entire season that they were a top team. And Notre, Notre Dame, Dame went undefeated. Oklahoma avenged their one loss. Yes, and the, the, I know the argument with Notre Dame as a conference. We, we can't do anything about that, so right now, guess what? They were one of the top teams. Um, I think it wouldn't have mattered who played, uh, who played in those games yesterday. Alabama and Clemson would have won. Yeah. It's like the, Joe Klatt says, like the BCS all over again. You have the number one, number two teams playing for the championship, just like it would have been in the BCS era. It's been that way for four years now. It is what it is. And guess what? Because of the playoffs and because of the way we run the, the system now, those other bowl games don't mean shit. I know. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. I know. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting because I'll have a game on and I'll be kind of watching it, and then I'll be like, I mean, I'm in the pool, yeah. so I have confidence points on one of them, but I – I don't really care about that like yeah. that much. So when it comes down to it, I'm watching the game and I'm like, I mean, I can cheer for one, but does it really does it really matter? Yeah. And I think what happens the only is it two games that matter were those two last night. Yeah, I, I think what happens is you you take away because of the playoff. I'm not saying it was right or wrong to implement a playoff system. Everyone wants something different than the BCS. I get it. But when you when you have a four team playoff, if you don't make the playoff. Everybody's out there like, oh, we had a, we didn't have a good season, right? You you could have won ten, you could have gone ten and two, you could have gone eleven and two with a conference with a conference championship win, and you can say our our season sucked, dude. You just won a conference championship. Ohio State, take them. Yeah, yeah. their schedule wasn't that tough. They had some close games. They didn't play but their best season, loss. but they had and one they loss. They beat a top four team. Won their conference championship. To win a conference. And they didn't make the playoffs. So is their view like, oh, our season sucked? Well, guess what? Yeah, it really doesn't mean anything right now. It, because your bowl game isn't one of those games that's going to get you a championship. And I think that... And you have a Michigan-Florida game, two top ten teams, and four of Michigan starters don't even play. Yeah. And then they get their butts kicked. Yeah. Because they and, don't care. Yeah, and... Um, well, West Virginia, Will Greer sat out. He's top player for West Virginia. <laughs> they actually kept it closer than I thought. And they kept they it close, but they didn't win. I mean, and you're going to see more and more of that down the road because if you're not in the playoff, it doesn't matter. Because the bowl games don't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take a look at uh, Character Chronicles. He posted something. I think it was this morning or yesterday talking about how you can fix bowl games and make sure they mean something again. And I think uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to. And I think people should listen up because he's, he's yeah. a smart guy and he has some ideas. And I think a lot of people have ideas. But until bowl games mean something again, you're going to see more and more top players skipping out on bowls if they're not in a playoff spot. It's going to happen. And that's why, you know, it – probably should be you know get rid of the conference championships and have an 18 playoff yeah or figure something out like that yeah well and, and more you know more games matter mm-hmm. uh you get home you know maybe you get home field advantage yep. for the first game or two or however you want to do that yeah um because, yeah, it, it is kind of boring to watch some of the bowl games. I still watch them because it's yeah. football. Well, I'll tell you, I haven't watched nearly as much as I normally do I because either. some of the matchups are bad, for one, but I just I haven't had the time. There aren't weird times during the day when I'm working, so exactly. that, that sucks. But McKenna you know, mentions you know, you have you have so many damn bowl games. Um, 
So why not narrow down the bowl games to 25? Well, we talked about that a little bit before on how you know the sponsorships, you know the money that they bring in. Um, yeah, but then you have a bowl game that cancels their game. Yeah, so what happens is there? unbelievable. Tickets weren't refundable, so people spent money on tickets. They spent money travel, on hotel. travel, hotel, food, everything. And guess what? They could have moved that's, the game up to Dallas that's and played in Cowboy Stadium. I know, and that's why I saw BC Athletic Department tweeted out that they're going to refund people tickets that they bought. And they get to uh, pick us any BC sporting event that they want nice. to go to and Good get for them. for for the next like calendar year. Good whatever. for them. But the bowl game, the whoever sponsored the bowl wasn't going to do anything. They're not giving their money back. I mean, no. that's that's a sponsorship for them. But uh, but I do think that you know if you limit it to twenty five bowl games, there's like thirty nine bowl games now. So you have seventy six to seventy eight teams making it into a bowl okay. game. That's wild. So if you narrow it down to twenty five, and there's still only two that matter. I mean, you're still gonna have people sitting out those other 23 bowl games. Well, yeah, there. but but you still have to you still have to. That's where you have to change the way bowl games uh, change what they mean, and it has to mean something to the conference and to and to um, the teams themselves. But I, I don't have the answer. I just think if you limit the bowl games, does it mean anything? I don't know. If you keep it the way it is, does does it matter? Yeah, I just think you have to do something to. I guarantee viewing is down. You go to some of those stadiums, there's like 5,000 people, maybe. Yeah, there's nobody there. Nobody's there because no one's going to spend the money to go watch two shit teams play. I mean, people would go to watch a 4-8 Nebraska team. They would. Much. I mean, 25,000 Iowa State fans went down to the Alamo Bowl. 25,000. For once, Iowa State, they got nothing else to do, and it's cold as hell up in Iowa, so why not go down to Texas? But 25,000, that's great. But you don't see that with all the games, so... Yeah. Um, so if anybody else has any better ideas, shoot them out. Yep. Yeah. So I yeah, think I, there should be an exp- expanded playoff. I know you said you still think one and two would be I, yeah. what it comes down to. Yep. But if you put some more teams in there, I think between one and four, there's some type of shakeup. Yeah. Not in that next round. It's not going to be one, two, three, and four. You're going to get a five or a seven. Probably not an eight, but. And there was a lot of people too talking yesterday. You know, once Notre Dame got blown out, yeah, um, that you know UCF maybe should have deserved a chance instead of them, or yeah. you know even instead of Oklahoma. Yeah, um, not that I necessarily agree with that, especially with Mackenzie Milton being mm-hmm. out and they're not the same yeah. team that they yeah. have been the last year and a half, whatever. But um, I don't know. I think you th- you could throw a UCF team in there, maybe at like a six, and they could knock off a number three. Yeah. So you could, and you know, Tara mentioned you know not to not to diss the sponsors. I'm not dissing the sponsors. I just think we have way too many bowls. I mean, well, and they're weird now. Yeah. It's like when you're when you're throwing the red in, box bowl and the when you're throwing in uh, five and seventeen like McKenna mentions. I think five and seventeen like did you really earn a a game uh, a bowl game? You yeah. have five wins on the season. Like I know. to and me, like, like how do you define a successful football season? Is six and six successful? Maybe if you were zero and twelve the previous year, but yeah. I mean even six and six teams like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. to me, as a, as a player, I'd be like, man, we sucked. We gotta get better next year. I don't want to play in a bowl game. I was we were six and six. That's not good enough to play another game. Like, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that's the mentality well, of a lot of players. In but Nebraska, when they went, when they were five and seven, played UCLA, we won. Yeah. It was another game we got to watch and cheer for. I was happy that we won. But when you still take a take a step back and say, I mean, we won our bowl game and we we're still yeah. under five hundred. That's not really a successful season. Yeah. And even being five hundred, like I said, five hundred is like eh. But you know, at the same time, it, it is sponsors are giving money. They they are 
see the players get a lot of shit where they go. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, and it's it, fun for the fans that do it's go. It's good for coaches to have another month with their play, the, the young players yep. to um, develop them more during that time. You know, whereas since we weren't in a bowl game, then they just went and did recruiting, and that helped too. So. Yeah, and, and Ross mentions 16-team playoff. I've seen this more than once. All-conference champs and six at-large bids is the way to do it. FCS does it. It works out great. Um, yeah, if you do Power 5 and you do division winners, so you don't have a conference championship game, mm-hmm. you just have division winners. So, you know, Big Ten West, Big Ten East. Um, and then that'd be ten teams, and then six, six at, at large. large. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they expand to sixteen, to be honest. Not that it won't down the road, but I think you're going to see an expansion come soon because I think they're going to realize TV ratings, they're going to realize attendance. They're gonna realize we have to do something to make all these games matter. If they don't matter, if these teams aren't playing for something, you're going to see the players skip out. You're going to see attendance down. You're going to see viewing down. Yeah. So you're not going to have as much at stake for those games, and I think that's what is killing the college football postseason is there's not there's nothing at stake unless you're a top four. Well, it really isn't. And hey, we run the Rose Bowl, but it wasn't a top four game. Okay, it doesn't matter. Fortunately <laughs> for the college football, you you know the network ESPN that's playing yep. the college football playoff games, um, you know they probably are hoping for those games to be close. Yeah, every year there's a blowout. Uh, Michigan State got uh, they got shut out by Alabama. Yep. Clemson shut out Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, Big. You know. <laughs> then you see a, a Clemson thirty to three. They probably don't like that because no. on paper these games seem like they should be close. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's not usually the case. The championship games are usually close. <clears throat> usually. And I hope it is this year. I think, think it will be. Are you going to watch this year? Yeah. I'll watch this year. It's not two SEC It's not two SEC I'll watch this year. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot to be done. I don't have the answer for it, but I just I think that uh, whether it's an A team, a 16 team, I do like the four, but I also am realistic and realize that a four-team playoff is killing the rest of college football in the postseason because people don't care. It doesn't matter to the schools. It doesn't matter to the teams. Sure, there's some seniors that want to play one more game. Because they're probably never going to play football again. They're, or they're in the middle-of-the-road type. Uh, trying to, you know, raise their draft stock. Yeah. But when it when it actually comes down to it, I mean, how much is a bowl game gonna do? If, if they if their draft stock isn't where it needs to be, one bowl game ain't gonna do it. Exactly. <laughs> and especially um, when the other team has players that sit out, or, or the other team sucks, or you're six and six and they're six and six. Yeah. And it's not really that big of a game. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think I think there's some things that can be done. I do see a change in the future. I, I wouldn't say next year, but I'd say the year after. I think 2020, we're gonna see some changes in the playoff and the yeah. way it's run. Um, I understand the eight team. Um, if I had to choose between eight and 16, I've gone back and forth on both. But I, the more I think about a 16 team playoff and the way the FCS does it, I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. I, I think because it, that's 32 teams where the games mean something to those teams. And you're not gonna, you're going to see a lot of good teams in there that deserve to be there. Well, and to, um, you know, it will be interesting to see if that does happen, how the seedings will be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can go undefeated and win your Big Ten West yeah. and still be like a five or six seed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you, you could lose. Everyone thinks that the SEC is the best conference. You could have the ACC or the Pac-12 
beat the SEC in advance over an SEC team. I mean, you could. There's so many scenarios that come up with, and you know, the but whole. The only problem is, it's just like with anything, any sport. They, there's going to be seven SEC teams that make a 16-team field. Well, that, that would almost be impossible. I mean, you'd have two division winners, and then I the, mean, the six at large. I mean, they would have to change the way they do. Be like three at large, would probably be like five, two or three potentially. But you know, I think it, we'd have to yeah. play the games and find out. And um, I think mean, it could be interesting, though. And I think I've seen a lot of scenarios of what would have been this year. So. Um, so the gap between conference championships to late December, um, I mean, there's a pretty big gap, and I think if you do a sixty, if you do a extended, expanded playoff, you decrease that gap. Right. I mean, especially and, if you're going to play more and, more games that lead up to the playoff, you have to expand. The, you have to decrease the gap. Right. And you can even do if you don't do conference championships, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still could, but if you don't, then that conference championship weekend, yeah. you could have kind of your first, first round. Round. Yeah. And have home field advantage for however many teams. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, I, it could be interesting. I think there's a lot of different things that could be done. Uh, Max Sunbelt, all conference champs. They deserve it. And six at large. Top 25 now and all the sweet matchups. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree, Ross. I really don't. I, I don't know if they'll do that right away. I, I think maybe down the road, but that's, that's going to be a hard well, sell for a lot of people. Once that happens, you know, it's going to be – yeah, does a MAC champ, does a Sunbelt champ, yep. does a West Coast Conference well, champ? Well, and you're going to have – the problem is you need you need eight, uh, presidents, ADs. You need people on board, coaches on board. There's going to be some that don't want that. You're going to have a 100%. mixture of people that don't want the expanded playoff already. Because people are going to think and want and believe and probably be right in thinking that a 9-3 and three LSU team is better than a – 11 and 1, 12 and 0 uh Sunbelt team. It maybe they are. You, we just but you got that's why we play the games. Right. That's that's the other reason why you play the games cuz you don't know how they're going to turn out until you play the games. And all the other sports, they yep. if you win your conference championship, you make it to the NCAA tournament. So yes. yep. Um so anyway, so there's a lot of different things that can happen I think down the road. I think there is there are going to be changes. I think we're going to see that. Um I think 2020 is the first year we're going to see an expanded playoff. It's not going to be 16, though. I think it'll be eight. Uh, I think they'll start with eight and then build from there, but we'll see. Um, so other, other games interesting. So let's talk about the Big Ten real quick. So we did see, we mentioned we saw Wisconsin win. You saw Minnesota win. Minnesota had a good win in their bowl they game did. as well. Purdue got wiped. Michigan got just slaughtered, man. They looked terrible. They did. They looked terrible from the beginning to the end. But they did. You got They did have like four guys sit out. On defense, they didn't have Rashawn Gary. They didn't have Devin Bush. Uh, they didn't have Higdon and running yeah, they, didn't, they didn't have the running back and Chase Winovich. His revenge tour. He can't do it by himself. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think Michigan. Once again, if you're not in the game that matters, you're not going to play. And those guys want to go pro. Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Higdon. And these guys don't play for a reason because they don't want to get hurt. That's their choice to make, and they want to go make money in the NFL. And as much as I don't agree with it, and I don't like it. It's going to continue to happen until that game means something. And it meant nothing to either team yeah. except for, you know, hey, I got we got a Florida, we got a win over Michigan. We're going to go ahead and beat jackasses as we go up to Harbaugh. I mean, I wish Harbaugh would well, maybe not Harbaugh, maybe one of his players would have punched him in the face. But that's Florida attitude and Florida personalities. That's their players. Yeah, you know, 
And Dan, and Dan Mullen I, I, finally pushed him away. People were giving Harbaugh shit. His hand was out to shake Mullen's hand. It was. And then Mullen pushed his players away. He tapped him on the chest and went the other way. Uh, Mullen didn't care. So Right. And, you know, I know when, you know, we hired Scott Frost, there was talk of, because their Florida, Florida job was open, there was talk of him ending up at Florida. And it would have yep. been, you know, hey, you're already in the state. Now it'll be even easier to recruit because you're at Florida instead of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would be curious to see, you know, obviously he's a different type of person yeah. from here. Yep. So he he's like the rest of us. He doesn't have that attitude like those Florida guys do. No. Because, I mean, I was just curious if, you know, he was a coach for Florida and something like that happened. How, how would he react yeah, to that? Yeah, very true. But yeah, I just, I think that was, I was not a, I never liked Florida or no. their players. No. I think. Florida and Miami are like two of the same. <laughs> um, and, and Florida State, too. Exactly. Um, although Florida State couldn't do that this year because they sucked. But, yeah. Um, well, sorry, Miami. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tara, a lot of people share your, uh, your feeling towards Notre Dame. Ross mentioned, you know, right now you got a team like UCF who essentially you're without the expanded playoff, you're telling, you're basically trying to get people to come to UCF with knowing I'm never going to play for a national championship. I may be a really good football player, but I'm never going to play for a championship. That that does make it harder to recruit kids to come play for you. If you know, I don't have a shot. I want a championship. I want to go pro. If I play at UCF, yeah, we might be good. But guess what? I'm never going to win a championship. Well, and you could probably go. I mean, you could very easily go pro. Yeah. But, I mean, why do you... Why do you play sports? Because yeah. you want to win a championship. Well, and the attention is on all these other teams, like the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Bamas. And UCF gets attention now, but only because of the last two years. No. Before that, no one no one cared about UCF. But now two and years you know what? Around, they could go in against LSU and get their butts kicked, and then people are going to forget about them. Yeah, and people are going to be like, this is why UCF didn't belong. They're, that's all the talk is going to be. If they The next game they lose, whether it's LSU or next year, right? everyone's going to talk shit because guess what? They're, I think, to me, I think they're jealous. They're jealous of a UCF who's gone undefeated two years in a row and just hasn't gotten a shot. It was just like some, it was just like Boise. Give him some props. It's yeah, just like it Boise is in the BCS era. Exactly. So and Ross, so that's a really good point because if you expand the playoff, you give chances like you uh, to a team like UCF um, to get to a potential playoff game or a championship game, but without the expanded playoff, they have zero shot. Yeah. And so how do you recruit kids to come play for you um, like that to. are really good football players? It does hurt recruiting. And, and you're like this. I mean, what, what would they end up? Maybe six? You have a UCF versus Notre Dame in the first round of the playoff? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Talk, talk about it. Woo, moneymaker. Yeah. Holy cow. UCF is the biggest public university in the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, undergrad student wise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, following like Notre Dame nationwide. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, so let's talk real quick. So we got some Big Ten games coming up. We got Iowa playing. Uh, we got some games uh, tomorrow, some games on Tuesday. Um, Iowa, Mississippi State play on Tuesday. Um, Penn State and uh, Kentucky play on Tuesday. Um, is that it? Uh, Michigan State's playing yeah. Oregon tomorrow. Michigan State and Oregon play tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> you have Ohio State. And uh, Washington playing tomorrow, and then you have they play tomorrow. They play, on the uh, they play Tuesday. Sorry, they play Tuesday. Yeah, the Rose Bowl's over. Um, so we still. Have, I mean, uh, Northwestern plays tomorrow. That's the other. Uh, uh, Northwestern plays tomorrow. So we still have some games coming up for the Big Ten. Who does Northwestern um, play again? 
I don't don't have them winning. I know that. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I wish I could, but I don't have them winning. Um, But I I think we still have some Big Ten. Hopefully, Big Ten finishes strong right now. They're two and two. Um, So I I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Utah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. Utah Northwestern. So um, hopefully, the Big Ten finishes strong. Two and two right now. We're the best last year. Seven and one. Yeah, I mean. But once again, who cares? Yeah, that's great because. I used to think the same thing, like, oh, sweet, the Big Ten, or, you know, the Big yeah. 12 was this and this when we were in the Big 12, and then, oh, well, the Big Ten was 8-2 and two in bowl games. Yeah, well, you're a 6-6 six and six team playing in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I hope they finish out strong, but I, I think... I do, too. I mean, it, it's good for the conference. Don't get me it wrong. It is. Um, Plus, I, I, I'd rather, even though I don't like Iowa, I'd rather see them than an SEC team win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Mark Richt... Leaving Miami, <laughs> someone posted the question of uh, who's next. They mentioned Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Okay. Don't know why the hell he would leave for they, Miami, but totally. They had Oregon. The last Oregon coach was only there for a year or two, and then went to yeah. Florida State. Yeah, and now I, they suck. I don't think I don't think Cristobal's going anywhere. Um, Scott Frost was up there because the guy that put the poll up puts Frost on every poll for who who's going to be coaching that where next year. Um, I can't remember the other one, but then they put. Um, uh, Irvin Meyer. And I said, can I was like, can you imagine the shit show down in Miami? If he ran Miami like he did Florida, can you imagine the amount of guys that would end up in jail in Miami? Oh man, and the amount of murderers. I mean, can you imagine? That's not. Gonna <laughs> we see double homicides and people going to jail every other day. They wouldn't have a team anymore. I'm sure probably Iowa State's coach was on the list of poss- of potential candidates. Yeah, but more than likely, I would say. With the way coaches are getting locked down, Campbell's going to probably stay at Iowa State. Brown's going to stay at Purdue. They're going to have to get like a Fresno State or Western Kentucky or, you know, some some coach like Mm -hmm. that that – you know, had a there, there's talking to yeah. There's talking about one. Kiffin, which I know you know my feelings on Kiffin. How he's not a uh, he's not a head coach. I can see he's that an offense. He's, he's an offense coordinator. Not to say it won't happen, but he's an offense coordinator. He's not a head coach, and he's proved more more than once that he cannot be a head coach of a team and be successful. Um, just my thought. I don't like Lane Kiffin. I always think he's a douche, but um, it's kind of funny on Twitter. But yes, let's see. Um, I think I think Oregon wins over Michigan State. I think Oregon's offense is pretty strong. Their defense hits hard. Michigan State's only defense. They don't have an offense at all. I think if, Oregon wins that game. If Herbert was leaving to go to the NFL, mm-hmm. either he, one, would not have played in this game, yep. more than likely, uh, or two, probably wouldn't have cared that much. Yep. And honestly, he probably would have just sat out. Well, and, and so Going into it, I kind of thought that Michigan State might win because I thought he was gone. Yep. But, no. but here's what's going to happen is I think that may, that changes uh, Haskins' decision to go pro or not with Herbert not going to the draft. Which I I'm think not, just ups I'm not terribly upset with because he would, we'd have to play him two more yeah. times. Um, I know whatever their guy is that's behind him is maybe even supposed to be better. Um, and that transfer so, from so that's, Florida State, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – and one thing that sucks for Florida is I, – I th- or Miami is I think anybody that re- that – said, hey, I'm going to Miami and sign a letter of intent, I'm guessing they probably have the decision to pull that or not. I'm, I would imagine they do. Probably. Because if they're if you're committing to a head and coach and that head coach leaves a couple weeks after signing, that kind of sucks. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure whether it's just 
the snap of your fingers and you can take it away. Yeah. Or if you have to just petition to yeah. get your national letter of intent. Potentially. Uncertified, crossed <laughs> out, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so Scott and the boys need to get see, yeah. see what kind of recruits Miami had. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we, we if we can take advantage of anybody that can come up to Nebraska, let's do it. Yeah. Um, all right, speaking of Nebraska, let's talk about Nebraska. Um, so we have... Let me get this up here real quick. Um, we actually had a pretty darn good recruiting class, and you know we're ranked twenty fourth. Um, What's that on twenty four seven? That's on twenty four seven. I know we're like eighteenth on rivals. Yes, rivals has us as, as higher, um, and that could have dropped too because I think it was twenty three on. Well, either way. Yeah, so we, we do have some good recruits. So I'll kind of go down the list here. We'll talk about a few of them. So obviously we got our Burke boys. Uh, we got Heinrich and Hickman coming in. Out of those two, uh, you know, even Hickman's, they both said we need to get more size. We need to get bigger. 100%. Um, the one thing with Heinrich, though, I think he's I think he's one of those guys that's going to see some early playing time, but he's still going to redshirt. He's going to be one of those four-game redshirt kids. Okay. Um, he's going to get some playing time, maybe not a whole game. But I think he has a shot to play. Especially one of those early games. Yes. A couple of those early yes. games. Yes, and I think we'll see that with a few of our guys. Uh, Wondell Robinson, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be playing right away um, as, an, as an incoming okay. freshman. I think he'll be a, an all, all uh, almost an every-down guy, uh, whether he's that duck receiver. Yeah, I mean. Running back, I mean, he can be in multiple positions. Just like. J.D. Spielman coming in and yes. obviously playing right away. Yep. I think he's going to be a good good addition to J.D. Um, and an exciting player. Um, I think he might be even faster, too. If you put him on opposite sides, mm. I mean, oh shoot, you can put them right next to each other, too. But if you yeah. put it on opposite sides, then they're going to have to figure out who to cover. Yeah, That's well, and, and combine them with, uh, with Stoll, Woodyard, um, and some uh, of these other guys we're going to get to. Yeah, so <laughs> Darian Chase is coming in uh, as an athlete, but he's he's a wide receiver. Um, and then you got uh, Cade Warner. Um, you got Mike Williams. I mean, we have Mike Williams coming into his senior year, and I said it more than once last year. For him this year, I think this is going to be a year where he really shows his stuff and we get him involved in the offense even more. And one of the biggest reasons why I say that is because you have a J.D. Spielman and a Wando Robinson who are going to cause problems for those corners, and they're going to be double-covered, and you've got Mike Williams wide open. The kid's got speed. He's got good hands. Anybody else that catches the ball, he can block downfield. And that's why I'm, I'm super excited about him, but we have these other weapons coming in like Chase and like Robinson along with Spielman that are going to be able to make a difference in the offense. Is there any chance that we could petition to get Stanley Morgan another year? <laughs> uh, we can just start <laughs> that petition. I don't think it's going to go far because no. – I see him being oh, a, a good draft pick, but um, yeah, we got Bryce Benhart now. Offensive line, offensive tackle out of Minnesota. The kid is huge. He's six eight, over three hundred pounds. Probably the biggest offensive lineman that we've recruited ever. Frost, wow. even Frost is like, you know, I've seen some big guys. This kid's huge. He's ginormous. He's gonna play right away. He's already had, he already has the size. He's going to have early signing period. He's going to have almost an entire year with Duvall to strengthen up in the weight room, get his speed, get his footwork, get what he needs to do to be on that line. The kid's going to start. I think so. I don't see um, why not. Especially when you you would think and you would hope that the first few games we can get through pretty pretty easily. Get you know get some snaps under his belt. Yep. Get him a little confidence. Go whoop up Colorado. Um, and then just kind of progress from there. Yeah. Um, 
you know, or worst comes to worst, we put him out there right off the bat, and maybe maybe he does need some more time, yeah. and then we can redshirt him. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're, we're going to find out early, but I think he's going to see early playing time and be a big impact player on our offensive line. Sure. Uh, Ty Robinson. Now, Ty Robinson is one of those kids, he, also a big kid, 6'6", 285. He's a big guy. Defense, we, we need a really good defensive end, and we haven't had oh, that yeah. since Randy Gregory. Um, I think he is going to be an impact player. I think he's going to have an impact right away. Might not be a... 12 game guy he might be a four game redshirt guy but i think it's going to depend on this early process with duvall how he does over the next nine months to prepare for the season um, with you know the d lineman that we already do have um or is they are they calling him more of an outside linebacker he he probably could do a little both but he's definitely his his position is defensive end biggest difference between him and our other defensive ends is our other defensive ends are, are big. I mean, they are they're hefty. Yeah, they're stout. He is this More guy is bulky. Rusher. He's a fast guy like a Gregory who can get to the get to the quarterback and rush the QB. And that's what I think he brings a difference than you know our uh, the other guys that we have at defensive end uh, with the Davis twins and uh, the Daniels. Twins. If you haven't watched the highlights, watch them. Yeah. Um, the reason why I said this is more of an outside linebacker D end is because when you watch the highlights, I mean, he's just coming right around the end. Yeah. You can't you can't tell if he's, you know, blitzing from linebacker spot, if he's playing D end. He's one of those stand up guys that so, I think is gonna make an impact. I think he could play right away. I think he might not like I said, he might not play the entire season, but I think he's gonna at least play those four games. Potentially red shirt. But I, I think big impact player. Uh, Luke McCaffrey <laughs> Um, he's going to be a quarterback. They already said it more than once. He's got the potential to be some uh, play some receiver as We've well. Talked about that, but he, he's going to be a redshirt kid. He's not going to he's not going to be. It is in the best interest of Nebraska fans, players, coaches yep. to redshirt this kid. Yep, and I think he'll still get some playing time. Um, but once again, he's not going to be uh, a kid who plays the entire year. He's going to especially when you know you got Vedral. Uh, I think Bunch is out there looking around. He's look, yeah, he's looking for a transfer. That's fine. Um, if he does, that, you know, best of luck. Unfortunately, you're behind Adrian Martinez, and yeah. he's got the he's got more years left than you do. So yeah, but you know, potentially, you know, fingers crossed, we don't see it. But if Martinez gets hurt and McCaffrey's ready to come in, we might see him over a Vedral. Um, he's got more speed than Vedral, and if Bunch goes, then and I think that's the thing with Bunch too is he knows McCaffrey's coming in. They want him at quarterback. What I it's think, tough. what I think could be kind of cool since he already has to redshirt anyway, mm-hmm. is. You know, if we do need him in some games, maybe you throw him out there. Yeah. Either as a decoy, maybe he takes a few snaps, maybe you throw one out to him. You could do some trick plays. <laughs> you could throw, you know, play him as a receiver, hand it off to him on a jet sweep, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think McCaffrey, he could uh, he could be a difference maker, but he's not gonna he's gonna be a redshirt kid, uh, which is yeah, fine. That's totally fine. Perfectly fine. Um, Darian Chase, so Darian Chase, 6'1", 185, wide receiver. They have him listed as an athlete, but wide receiver is his position. Um, I, can see, I can see Chase coming in, um, maybe getting some snaps, but he's, he's going to be a redshirt kid as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any transparent – I don't think there's any um, um, smoke and mirrors there. I think the, that he yeah, probably knows that. I, I think that's what I, I do like. Um, and, you know, previous staffs probably, probably were the same way, but from what I can tell is it seems like you know they're telling these kids, "Hey, we want you to come in. You're gonna play right away." Or, "Hey, we want you to come in. 
there's a possibility that you can play right away. Yeah. And with the four game rule now, it makes it a lot easier to do that. It does. But you're gonna you get some say, snaps. Hey, you're, we're gonna see what you got because mm-hmm. we need somebody to step up at wide receiver. Well, or hey, we got these other guys ahead of you, you know, potentially in the depth chart here. This is what it looks like. When you come in, here's who you're battling against. This is where you need yeah. to win your spot. And if that's not motivation for a guy like Darian Chase or any of these other guys that are coming in on the offense, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, Ronald Tompkins. So he, Tompkins is a, uh, a all-purpose back. He got injured. He is injured. Um, that's his second ACL tear. Um, unfortunate for him, but he's one of those guys that we committed to, and he's he's coming. And we committed to him. We didn't leave him. He committed us, didn't leave us. And I think he's a give with a lot uh, out of Georgia. Ton of speed could be an impact player. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I know he's injury prone, but Adrian Martinez was injury prone. Yeah. So I mean, he could be somebody that could. I, Watch some tape on him too. I mean, all this, all the skill players. Yep. Watch, watch tape on him. Uh, I can't remember which site it was. It might have been twenty four seven. One of the sites uh, they did a deal where they did like a quick one minute video mm-hmm. after every kid committed signed, and it showed like a, a, some some highlights of them. They're really they're really good. yeah yeah. So I would recommend watching those. Uh, Ramir Johnson out of New Jersey. Um, also a quick back. He's he's 5'10", 180, or 173, sorry. Um, a lot of speed out of the backfield. He'll be, he'll be a red shirt. Um, I don't see him making an impact right away. He's a three-star out of New Jersey. I think he's going to come in and play well. Um, he's going to have some snaps, but he's not going to be an everyday back. Um, and we have so many other running backs ahead of him. I think he's going to have to earn his time, um, but it's not going to be this year. I think he's going to be a red shirt. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of depth at that position, mm-hmm. which, you know, you can say is good or bad. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of guys that I think are going to get a chance to play. So. Yeah. Well, and with the tempo, with the tempo that we run, the offense that we run, we're going to need guys to be able to switch in and out um, and be able to create some of those decoys. We also have to have guys that can block for Martinez for in the running back position. So we got to have some of those bigger backs that can come in and just block on the and passes. We and lost a 1,000 yard rusher. So we did. Um, we also have, um, let's see, talk about some defense here. We got Jackson Hanna as an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see him being a red shirt, but I also see him and Heinrich next year blowing it up. Um, yeah. We do have a, a good linebacker core, and right now we build our depth. We have depth now at linebacker, That's, which we didn't have this year, and that hurt us. I mean, we had to switch Dolan yeah, from mean, safety to linebacker just because we didn't right. have the depth. And, you know, guys like Gifford, you know, he had a good year. Obviously, yeah. Um, our boy in middle linebacker was <laughs> was the best player on the team. Yeah, we know Mo Berry's um, gonna have another good year. So he's gonna be great. Um, and then uh, I don't know. We have a lot of depth. We got Honus. We got yeah, Honus, Honus got hurt. That's what I say. Um, so, we got Ferguson, uh, Tyron Ferguson, who played really well last year. So we have these guys that already have some experience playing on the field. I think Jackson Hanna is gonna learn from. Um, I think we have. Uh, uh, Mosiah Newsom, who's going to be a who's defensive end slash linebacker, I think he's going to be able to same learn from those guys too. Same with the Nebraska boys that we'll get to. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Nance is an athlete. Uh, he's his wide receiver is his main position, but Nance has he's, a ton of speed. He's supposed to be like the fastest dude ever. Yeah, but he's six foot one eighty, so he doesn't have a ton of size to him. So I think he's going to bulk up uh, over over the, um, the winter, spring, going into the fall uh, and through the summer. I think he's going to bulk up. I think he's going to be a bigger guy, uh, gain some speed, some momentum. But the kid is fast. I mean, you watch some highlights on you him. You see a six one. 
what is what'd you say six one one eighty? Yeah, that could be like a potential Stanley Morgan, but maybe a little faster. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of speed. He's gonna be yeah. fun to watch. I already talked a little bit about Hickman. I think he's going to be – he'll be behind Stoll, um, obviously, as far as tight end. But we build a little depth at tight end as well. He knows he's got to get bigger. I think he's going to improve throughout the offseason, his size and his speed. Um, and, once again, I think redshirt, I think he probably knows that already. But at least he'll get some snaps in some of those early games, I think. Uh, Miles Farmer uh, and Quentin Newsom at safety. Man, we need some depth in the, in the right. D-backs. And, and I think we got it I've... with those two guys. From everything I've gathered with uh, Farmer is he's a hard hitter, Antonio Reed-like. Yes. Not, not only Farmer, but uh, Javin Wright. Um, yeah. Also big hitter. Yeah. So we got guys that are coming in that have this personality of, I'm going to destroy you once you catch the ball. And that's exciting because we haven't had that in a long time either. Um, Alfonso Dennard, Prince of Mugamara, those guys. Um, we need guys that can hit and guys that can play tough and bump the receivers. And I think we're going to have safeties that are going to be able to do that, play strong, play hard. And Plus, he's, come up and lay the wood on the run. He's 6'3". I mean, we need size yeah. at safety too, and we haven't had that kind of size in a while. So the 6'3", 6'2", guys are going to play well against a lot of receivers in the, in the Big Ten. Um, talked about Mosai Newsom as a defensive end. He's 6'3", 252. The kid, he's a big kid. So, um, once again, I don't see him being an impact player all the time, but I do see him playing, uh, maybe getting in. Uh, Jamin Graham, uh, 6'4", 233, defensive end. Um, he, he could be playing a little bit as well, but um, I don't know. I just yeah, think it's building depth. We have it's depth hard now. To, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, we're getting – Guys in that are probably going to take a little bit time, a little bit of time to either bulk up, develop. Yes. Um, you know, we need a lot of guys on defense. Yeah, we did. The big problem last we year was a lot depth. of depth, and um, you know they might not be these big time four star, five star guys, every single one of them. But you know, if there's anybody that can develop and develop them into stars. Frost and his staff, they they have what it takes. They, they've done it. They know what they can do. Yeah. Um, Get them in the weight room, strength and conditioning. Yep. Two guys, two guys I'm super <clears throat> excited about, local kids. Garrett Snodgrass and Garrett Nelson. Yes. Those kids, I mean, for one, Snodgrass, I mean, what a hell of a name uh, coming in. And uh, the kid can run the ball. Uh, he's a wrecking ball. Yeah. He. Uh, if you're from Nebraska and you've ever – you've probably seen some clips of him. He was the quarterback for York. Um, he's a beast. He's six three two seventeen. <clears throat> he's an a- he's an athlete. He can play wide yeah, I mean, receiver. He can play gonna, running back. He can play defense too. <laughs> I can, think they might even be planning on playing mm-hmm. on defense. And and a lot. What's nice about a lot of these kids coming in is what you hear from them is wherever I can play, I'll play. Wherever you well, want me, I'm there. Kids from Nebraska, you know, especially him being a quarterback. Yeah, you know, you're not you're probably not going to be a quarterback from Nebraska. No. Uh, you know, unless you're Scott Frost, Eric Crouch, you're probably not going to be a quarterback <laughs> yeah. in Nebraska. Yep. Um, so it is pretty cool that they're just kind of like, hey, I'm I'm committing here Yep. not to play quarterback, not to, you know, I'm just wherever you guys want me. Yep, and, and we've talked about Garrett Nelson before. We know the impact that he can have. Him him, and Jackson Hanna remind me, they, they're a lot alike as far as, and even throwing Heinrich there, as far as their speed and their um, – their attention to where the ball's at, and they they don't slow down. I think that's what I like about Heinrich the most. Is yeah. he's always at the ball. Yeah. He he's really smart. Yeah, they, he might not be the biggest guy, but he's always yeah. there. 
they, they don't they don't slow down. They have speed. They attack the ball. They don't wait for the running back, the quarterback, whoever has the ball. They don't wait for them to make a move. They're the ones making that first move, and that forces the running back or the wide receiver to say, oh, shit, I got to do something, and they don't have time to because they got the speed. And that's what Jackson Hannah brings to the table as well. So I think we got three inco- incoming uh, linebackers, defensive end mixtures, whatever you want to call them. I see Garrett Nelson as more as a linebacker, but they got that speed, and that's exciting. I think we're going to be able to see that on the field. And, and Garrett Nelson could see more playing time than a lot of people might think. Um, you know, I- I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Michael Lynn. Uh, Michael Lynn's a big dude. He's 6'6", 291. I mean, that, that's an offensive tackle that we want to get some experience early. Um, yes, he's going to need to get in the weight room again, but uh, him and Matthew Anderson on the offense, once again, building this depth. We got Brant Banks um, on the offensive line and Jimmy Fritz as well. So we beat out some pretty big schools for a guy like Fritz and Banks, and we know we had to, we had to pull these, these four guys in along with Ben Hart. That's five guys on the offensive line that we just brought in to build into starters. And right. I think Ben Hart's going to play. Um, you know, Fritz know, is six seven. I know he's Fritz, decent size. He's only uh, two forty. He's right in Clemson's backyard, and they made a play for him right at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, probably not one of their first choice yeah. guys you would imagine for Clemson. Uh, I know people are like, oh, we got him over Clemson. Yes, we did, um, and that's great. Uh, Clemson doesn't typically mess with. Too many three-star guys. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it was it was a good feeling to go, you know, because he said that, you know, they came to him yeah, and said, you know, we want you. And that was really hard for him to turn down. Yeah. Because he was com- basically committed to Nebraska before that. Then that kind of shook him up right before. Uh, eventually he ended up sticking, sticking with us and... You know, if, if they're seeing talent like that, that they, th- that they think they can develop, there's potential there. So yeah. hopefully we can develop him into whatever they thought they could. Absolutely. I, I just think, I think bringing in the offensive, excuse me, the offensive tackles, I mean, that's, we needed that. I know people were like, oh, all the guys we brought in were tackles. Well, you know, in high school, yeah. guys play you know, usually you have your best guys at tackle. Yeah. And you can it, switch them over to guard. You can switch them over to center. And all these guys coming in at 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, we got Ethan Piper, a Nor- Norfolk well, kid. And I, yeah, I was he's, waiting to talk he's about six, him. He's 6'4", 275 coming in on a defensive tackle. I mean, he's a big kid as well, and I think he could have an impact. Once again, maybe he not could right play, away. He could play offensive line, too. He could. They're um, going to play him wherever, you know, wherever and, they And we have Cameron Jurgens. Oh yeah, he's a tight end that we were convert to center, which he still could be coming in as a center. But we got we got guys on the he line that on defense too. Yeah, I mean we just have so many guys that are are transferable from one place to another. And one thing that's nice in high school is you see a lot of guys playing offense and defense. Mm-hmm. You do see that. So some of these guys have have played both offense and defense in their high school teams, and they're successful at both. Pretty much the whole time they've played football, they've yes. played both positions, or you know both both sides of the ball. Uh, you know. I know some people don't think that recruiting is that big or they're not very excited about it or whatever. I can't – I know last year they came in and had to scramble and they <laughs> assembled a pretty good They still did pretty good, class. yeah. I cannot remember a recruiting class quite like this in a, in a long time. No, I think you – know, and, yeah, it's not loaded with four and five stars, and I, right. I understand that. And the stars, it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of, lo- of locating a player and saying, hey, they're a four-star or a five-star. How the hell do they, how do they rate them a four or five-star? Well, star? and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to – you know, you can have a five-star Marlon Lucky who had a pretty decent career in Nebraska, yeah. but 
It, Where's he they now? thought he was going to be the the best thing yeah. since Amon Green, uh, Lawrence Phillips. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't that type. Or you have a two-star Amir Abdullah, who's one of the best running backs that <laughs> yeah. we've seen in a long yeah. time. Um, I think Sue might have been a three-star. And you know Rex Burkett was not a four- or five-star. No. So we have guys that you have to develop the players into the type of player that they can be. And that's why I don't like the four, three, four, five stars. I just I don't like putting a star next to a player. Well, and, and defining them by that star, say, oh, they just have three stars. So right. your recruiting class sucks. I know. Because I, of that. I've seen a lot of people like they become commits would be coming in, and people are like, well, it's just a three star. Hey, but guess what? For the last, how many three stars are there? That's the, probably ninety-five percent yeah. of the. For the last the recruits are three stars. For the last five years, go look at Tennessee's recruiting classes and where they've been. Top ten. They're they're easily in the top eight probably. And guess. Where have they been? You don't see them. You know why? Because they're not getting developed. You know who develops their players? Saban and his coaches. And their coaches leave to coach other programs. Dabble and his coaches. The teams that we see consistently in the playoffs. Ohio State. Ohio State. They and they. And they I think they've get, taken a lack of they, development they, lately, but um, but typically they do. They develop their teams. And if you don't develop your your two three star players, why even bring them on board? And what's, you got to recruit them for a reason. Is, you know, you can go from one site to the next, and the guy's a three, a guy's a four oh, yeah. on one yeah. side. So the guys switch like, from a three oh. to a four, right, when they get recruited or before. It's like, I, I don't get or it. I don't get it. I don't like guys it. are three stars, and they, get, they you know, commit back in, yeah. say, June or maybe in August or yeah. September. Well, then all of a sudden, they're playing in their games. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so got up to a four star. Who cares? It happens so much. Yeah, it, and... Until you prove that you are a good player on the field, your stars don't matter. And well, there was even, I think it might have been Javin Wright, it might have been Jamie Nance. One of those guys said, you know what, I don't care how many stars I have, i got to go out and prove it on the field. And that's that's what players should do, prove it on the field. If you really think, you, if you're a good player, you're going to prove it on the field. It doesn't matter how many stars and, they give you. And don't get me wrong, the, the five-star guys that go to Alabama, that go to Clemson, Ohio State, you know, they there's a reason that, Clemson is in the championship, and they have a true freshman quarterback. Yep. He's pretty dang good. I I wasn't too high on him, but after watching him yesterday, I guess I didn't really watch Clemson too much this year. But absolutely, he's good. Yeah, and so uh, Ross mentioned, you know, it's we need to recruit defense. And I think that's where we built some depth in the linebacker, the defensive end. I think defensive line we still need to get stronger, and I think we can still get better on the defensive side of the ball on the line. But I think bringing in the linebackers, safeties, I mean, we're, we're getting beat at the line, but if we also don't have linebackers making those plays in the second level. And we had uh, Diedrich Young, who was just not that good of a player. He, yeah. He, he, str- he struggled. He was average. Mo Berry was the only guy, and he even made a lot of mistakes. So I think we have to have guys that are coming in to make those plays. We've got to build the depth so we have options if someone gets hurt or someone's not playing well, up, to, up to par. And one of our main things last year, Early on was offensive line. Yep. So glad we went after some linemen. Hopefully we can, mm-hmm. you know, between these this class and guys that they brought in last year, hopefully we have some depth now. Um, better depth, I should say. Yep. Uh, but defense, and we could not get a pass rush. Yep. So the reason these linebackers, they're, they're <laughs> I mean, a lot of times they were getting kind of hung out to dry. Yep. Um, so... I think we did a really good job of bringing in, like we've said yep. over and over, depth, depth, depth. Um, 
And I think pretty solid depth. Yeah, and I think we did a good job of that this year on the defensive side. Offensive line was a big, a big push too. We are we we are already pretty good at the wide receivers. We brought in a couple more. Brought in some athletes. We we built depth at the running back position. We know we're going to score. I think, but we need defense. We're not Frost and company is not going to have any problems recruiting backs and receivers. No, they're always going to have a ton of those. so the the trickier part is getting the O line to block for them, yep. and get some freaking pass rush and yep. you know some some big hitters on the backside. So um, yeah, I was really really happy with the class. The one thing that was very good to see, yep, is all the guys that had committed signed. Yeah. Aside from the two that haven't, yet. yeah. So we still got Deidre Jones and Desmond Bland, which now I know we had. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. What, one defensive, defensive tackle, the big guy. Uh, he wasn't probably gonna make grades. Oh, um, Tony Fair. Yeah. So that was one thing. But everybody that had committed, signed. Yes. Their and they signed early. There was letters coming in. I was getting. Yeah. I was seeing stuff at like seven. Oh, I was at the dentist. I got two yeah. crowns, and <laughs> I, I yeah. the twenty minutes I get a little break, and so I was on my phone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When we got everyone coming in, um, I think Dedrick Mills and Desmond Blaine, I think they both signed. Now they are still fair game for other teams until February. Um, I think they're both going to sign in February. A few other guys, and we talked about this before the show. Um, Tavian Mayo is one of those kids that's been kind of on the down low. We haven't heard much about lately. I know I've talked about him a few times. We've talked about him on the show a few times. Um, Tavian Mayo, uh, there was a, an interview with Frost. And he was talking about essentially Ronald Tompkins, how he got hurt and stuck with him. When we commit to a kid, we don't leave that commitment. We're committed to him. And we want to bring him here unless he says otherwise. And Tavian Mayo retweeted it and said go big red and i don't know if that's a sign that he's still looking to come to the huskers but he hasn't committed anywhere so i he's a he's a big shot he's a defensive guy too a defensive back um noah Pell gates defensive back i think we get him um he said he's not interested in going to bama everything i heard is they were pushing for him to sign early he wasn't ready to make that decision early on and he said it's not the right fit for yeah. me and my family and that's fine his cousin plays softball. Is going to play softball for Nebraska. He's got another cousin that we're going after. I think it's Mao Pola Mao or something like that. Uh, but he he's a defensive tackle, I believe. Um, and then there's another uh, another kid that has the same nationality, Polynesian, whatever. I, I saw his name the other day, but we're going after him as well. So we we could build this class up to 30 and get another two or three defensive guys that are going to have a big impact on what we do in our defensive scheme. And, and Ross mentions here that we're going to have to change our defense to keep up with the Big Ten. I don't I don't disagree. I think we got to get the guys in first for us to be able to change the way we run our defense. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing when Frost took over was, you know, the, the Big Ten is going to see something that they they haven't seen. And I think that that was true yep. offensively for us. Yes. Now we need to figure out how to do that defense. defense. Yep. So, um, so I, and yes, I mean, we can't be at the two-minute – three-minute offense isn't going to help our defense, but that's where you build that depth to where you can have guys substituting in and out to where it doesn't impact our defense when exactly. they're getting out of breath. Exactly. And I think that's what we need to build, and that's what we're going for, not only in the defensive back, but our defensive line. We've got to build the line up. And, two, uh, the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but the, la- the, the five offensive linemen, they played like the last half of the season every snap. Yep. And, and they played th- well. That, and they did. But can you imagine if – we had five more guys behind them that yep. 
it wasn't a big deal to bring one or two of them in here and there. Yep. And, and my only my only problem with our current offensive line is we don't have we don't have the strength and the speed that we need for our offense. Right. And that's why guys like Michael Lynn, Matthew Anderson, Bryce Benhart, that's what they're bringing. That's what they're bringing to the table. They're bringing that speed and the size and strength. I mean, we can't have guys that are, you know, 320 pounds running out to try to block. It's not the NFL. They're not. We don't. Ha- we don't have that speed right now. We need the speed and the strength. If they're 320 pounds, they better be fast. And they better be strong. Um, and that's where I think you know the. I, I dig on him a lot, and I, I don't like to, but Farniak, I think his footwork is awful. And unless he improves his footwork, he's going to lose his job to one of these guys coming in who are going to be faster on that snap and be able to get the guy that's trying to get beat him to the outside. Farniak's footwork is not that good. So I think we need guys. I'm sure, he's, I'm sure they're probably working on it. Yeah, well, I'm sure they are, and I think he knows that we got guys coming in behind me that are looking for my job. i got to improve. You know, I think. <laughs> and he did improve, but I think he's got to get better. I think. Something that will be a big difference from year one to year two mm-hmm. was, I mean, yes, we did have an, a UCF grad transfer in training. Yep. So he was there to tell the guys, hey, this is what the coaches expect, this and that. He's only one guy, and he's only one guy at one position group. Yep. Now all these guys have played or have been in the system, yep. training system, whatever, everything. And down the, to eating and down to this and that. They're, they're all used to it now. So now these guys are coming in and everybody at all the different position groups can... They're on the same level. Yes, and they can show them exactly what to do. The the, the culture... Here's what, here's what they expect. Yep. Here's what you have to do. And that's nothing. Frost, Frost and his staff are building guys that are going to come in to a culture that they already want or that they already had and that they're going to fit into. They're not going to bring them into the culture that they transferred and transform throughout the season and bring them in and have them be a problem. They're bringing in guys that want to play for Nebraska, right. want to have an impact. I've, I've seen, And you don't got to worry about guys like Tyjon Lindsey yes. or Bell. or I've seen I've seen internal uh, stuff on Twitter from players like Mo Washington and Cam Taylor, uh, Jamie Nance, like new guys coming in, and they're talking shit to each other already. Like, I'm the fastest one. No, I'm the fastest one. Like, talking about beating each other out. Like, these kids are excited to play together. And they want to compete, and that's what that's what we need at this level. Um, and the players that we have coming in, they're already communicating with each other, and they barely even met. Well, it's exciting. I think what is really cool is last year you had a true freshman, Adrian Martinez. You had a true freshman, uh, Maurice Washington. You had these guys that played significant roles for the team. Now yep. other guys are going to say, "Well, I, oh, you did that. Well, I can do that. I can come in and do that." Yep, absolutely. Whether it's on the offensive line. Anywhere on defense, yep. you could take anybody and take anybody's job on defense. Oh yeah, other than Mo Berry. <laughs> other, yep. <laughs> yeah, and and so here Ross mentions, you know, he loves that everyone has that team mentality. It's not about them; it's about the team. You know, they want to stay at Nebraska. They want to. They're not just trying to recruit good players. They want good people, and that's that's what changes that locker room mentality of a team win rather than it's it's all about me. Right. And that's where. A lot of people, you know, a lot of teams struggle is how do we make it not about that one five-star player and make it about the entire team that can be successful. And that's where it's not just about Andrew Martinez on the offense. It's just not about Mo Berry on the defense. How do we win as a team? And unless if you're not winning as a team, then you're not going to make it very far. And I think I think Frost, his his personality, his mentality is if we don't win as a team, we're not going to win, we're not going to do well. And you might not make it long here because – we don't want you if you can't play, be a team player. 
they want to switch positions. They want to do whatever they can to be to make an impact and win games for Nebraska. They're going to do whatever it takes. If it means sitting a year, they're going to sit. If it means playing four games and then sitting, they're going to play four games and well, sit. But they're going to learn and from each other. Especially, like, I think the kids that we got from Nebraska this year are really good. Yeah. And I said to oh. you, I said, I can see these guys contributing. Yes. And contributing, like, big time in a few years. One guy we didn't mention. Top Juco center in the country. Okay. From Iowa Western Community College, committed to Nebraska. Can't remember his name. For the life of me, I can't remember his name. But He's, he's not on the list? He's coming to Nebraska. So, um... No, he's not on the list here on twenty four seven. But uh, he was after he was. Uh, I don't know if he probably signed in February. I don't think he was. Okay. He wasn't. He hasn't signed yet. So, oh, I got but, it. that was. All but he is. Uh, he's gonna come. He says he's coming to Nebraska, and we recruited well, him. So it's always been that's funny huge. to me that we haven't gotten guys from Iowa Western when they're one of the best. They're one of the best. They JUCOs, have been yeah. one of the best JUCOs, um, at least in their level, whatever you want to call it. In their but, division, yes. Um, yeah, no these these kids from Nebraska. What I like most about them is they could get a scholarship. I mean, most of them are getting scholarships anyway, but they could get a scholarship to schools like South Dakota State, South Dakota, North Dakota, North Dakota State. Yeah. Uh, Or they go in and and play right away and and could potentially be like a a big-time player right off the bat. Absolutely. But they want to stick around and play here, build it up. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and so last last topic we'll go, then we're, we're going to be done here, wrap it up. Keep shooting your questions. We'll, we'll answer them afterwards as well. But uh, Dalton asked about Texas, Oklahoma, potentially joining the Big Ten. Um, I have heard about that. So there's already so many damn teams. I mean, you keep expanding the conference. What I just – I think it you, would have been better to do that instead of adding Rutgers and Maryland. Yes. Um, now Maryland's on the rise, though. Maybe now you say Illinois. <laughs> uh, but either way, um, you're not going to kick Illinois, I don't think, but Rutgers potentially. Um, I don't think – I don't want Texas. I don't think anyone wants Texas. No, I don't think so. Everyone either. hates Texas. I really don't want Oklahoma either, to be honest. Texas came in to the Big 8, turned Big 12, and ruined that conference. They yep. went into the Southwest Conference and ruined that conference. Yep. I think I don't want either of them, but if I had to choose between the two, I'd, I'd want Oklahoma. Um, if I I'd had rather, to choose. I'd rather take Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah, I just um, don't think it's going to happen, though. <laughs> P- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh might not be a bad addition to the Big 10. Um I don't I don't see it happening. I don't know the expansion. I mean, if we keep expanding the conference, we got to kick teams out. And we're not even the, we're not even the Big 10. Well, we got 12 teams? 14. 14. <laughs> so, we're not even the Big 10. The next time I see an expansion, it will be to 16 and there's going to be five 16 team conferences. Yep. And they're going to be in their own Ball game, yeah, and everybody else is gonna be in their own ball game. Yeah, yep, that's what I've heard. Yeah, we'll see Agreed. if that does happen. Um, you know, Notre Dame would probably join the ACC because they're already tied in with them. But I'd rather have them join the Big Ten. Agree. Um, I don't know what you do because you have to look at it bigger than just football. There's college basketball. There's women's volleyball. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the. I mean, you. I, I mean. mean even for some of these schools, they have hockey, Kansas, tennis. I Kansas mean, basketball. Um, I mean, Kansas football, probably mm-hmm. don't want them. But Kansas football, um, you know. And you also have to look geographically. I mean, like I said, I'd rather have, like, Oklahoma-Notre Dame. But mm-hmm. if it's Notre Dame-Pitt or something like that. 
Um, all right, so so that was that was gonna be last. But I will answer your remaining bowl games. Now I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to Ohio State Washington. I'm interested to see how that game matches up. Um, kind of want to see Texas Georgia. I think Texas Georgia. Yeah, Texas Georgia. I think will be a good one. Um, screw Iowa State, Dalton. Anybody that has Iowa in their name can. I'm so glad they lost. By the way, um, uh, <laughs> I picked Washington State. So yeah, so did I. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know. I think that Texas Georgia game could be pretty good. I think the Oregon, um, the Oregon matchup with Michigan, uh, State. Michigan State could be a fun one to watch. I do think Oregon's going to win, um, and I'm looking forward to the Ohio State game. I'll probably watch most games um, tomorrow evening, and then definitely on Monday. I'm not working, so I'll probably watch most games on Tuesday. I'll probably watch a lot of games um, on Tuesday. For so sure. yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking. I'll probably watch as much as I can in the next couple of days, um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be fun to see you know, Texas Georgia. I'm really intrigued by because once again, what happened? happens if texas beats georgia is the narrative going to be well the game didn't mean anything so we didn't play hard like auburn the narrative was we lost to ucf because we didn't care about the game that's what fans that's another matchup ucf lsu i'll watch it yeah that'll be all right um yeah that's the tricky thing is i mean it's okay texas beats georgia for instance last year let's take this just a quick thought last year miami and wisconsin played yep in a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think Wisconsin won. I'm not yep. entirely sure. Yep, Miami lost last But year. it was, okay, this is going to be a big jump. Uh, Miami getting into the New Year's Six. Okay, well, we made a big step this year. Both big stepping stones this year. To where they were 7-5, 7-5, seven 7-5, and, and, seven and, five, seven and, five, and played each other in a whatever bowl game they were in. That doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean... If Texas beats Georgia, I would like it because then I love it. I, love I, it. I don't love Shut Georgia I hate fans Texas, up. but Georgia's starting to get on my nerves. Yeah, I, just, I and so is Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> with his Georgia narrative. Um, yeah, Kentucky, Penn State. I. Yeah. I pick Penn State. I don't think I do want to shut Kentucky up. Um, but one thing, Ross, real quick, go Cowboys. Uh, one thing <laughs> that kind of did upset me was. Uh, how Trace McSorley got, like, second-team All-Big Ten quarterback or whatever it was. Um, and you looked at you compared his stats next to Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez, and Adrian Martinez had better completion percentage, more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. Mm-hmm. All yep. this and yep. that. But that kind of upset me. So Agree. I'll still cheer for Penn State over Kentucky, but... Yeah, it, it is Big Ten over... SEC. Over SEC, so I'll take that any day. Um, anyways, that's all I got, guys. Once again, keep shooting questions our way if you'd like. Uh, find us out there on Twitter. Listen to our podcast. We'll have it up here uh, shortly. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. Appreciate everyone, uh, Dalton, McKenna, Ross, um, Tara, everyone that joined in today. Appreciate uh, Keevan was in early on. Appreciate your time, your effort. We'll be back again uh, at some point. Not really sure. We'll probably do more podcasts throughout the um, uh, throughout the off season. Uh, February, for sure, we'll be back. Talk maybe about the national championship. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted. Then the next next signing day. Next signing day. So, yep. so anyways, uh, keep sure to Twitter and, and Facebook. We'll keep you guys updated. Hope you have a great day. Um, go Big Red, as always. Yeah. And go Cowboys to the playoffs. They'll probably be one and done, but I'll take it. It's a playoff. So. We made the playoffs. It's always anyways, a good thing. Go Big Red. Thanks, guys. Yep.